0: Cases of COVID-19 continue to drop around the country and not one but two studies now show that the vaccine significantly cuts transmission of the disease. So why do our leaders continue to double down on the gloom and doom and the mandates? Friends, let's dive into it. Time for Hold The Line. Welcome to Hold The Line, I'm Buck Sexton. So you've been seeing and hearing a lot as the Biden administration came into power here about how they're gonna do all these incredible things to protect you from the virus. They're gonna do a much better job than Trump. That's been the promise all along. Uh, What you haven't been hearing very much is what those things are in specifics. They promise that they're gonna be better, but how are they gonna be better? And yet we still hear the continuation of what was done in the past. The same kinds of mitigation, the same mask mandates and social distancing and various lockdowns coming and going across the country. Uh, How long will this go on for? That's our first question, right? When do we get to finally get away from this? When is enough enough? When do you get to go about your life without having to worry? Well, we've become a country where a lot of people, maybe even a majority of the American people, look to unelected bureaucrats in lab coats to tell them things like, when it's safe for them to hug their own family members. This is not a minor thing. This isn't just something you should brush aside and say, well, you know, these are crazy times we're living in. No, this is the very authoritarianism that you should be concerned about. When it's okay, when when there's guidance for how you interact with your immediate family members. Remember, the guidance always becomes a mandate in one form or another, or it's used as further justification for the continuation of the mandates. Here's Dr. Fauci, who should have been long since removed from his post for being wrong and being an imbecile and being a disaster. But here's Dr. Fauci saying, you know, maybe you can hug your relatives who are vaccinated.
1: My parents have already gotten their second dose. They're fully vaccinated. Does that mean it's okay for them to spend time with their grandchildren who obviously have not been vaccinated? What's your recommendation?
2: You know, I'm not going to make a recommendation now except to say that these are things that we really do. I mean, literally every day, Tano, we look at that. We look at the data. We look at what's evolving about how many people are getting vaccinated. And there will be recommendations coming out. I don't want to be making a recommendation now on public TV. Yeah, that's right. The CDC with Fauci, it's like the Politburo
0: of your health. Him, of course, uh, Fauci, in in the role of Stalin in this case. But it's just, you know, whatever the committee decides. That's how the... Can you hug your relatives? We'll have guidance for you on that soon. What's their guidance going to say? They can't promise you it's 100% safe, but do you care? If you've been vaccinated, you already know what the percentages are. It's very, very unlikely that a vaccinated person is going to get this disease. Remember, it's not only the percentage of protection you have... When the disease is all over the place in a pandemic, it's also what's the likelihood you're gonna come into contact with somebody else who has a high enough viral load for a long enough period of time that you're even exposed to the virus. So what are really the chances here? Well, people still feel like they can't hug their relatives until Fauci gives them the all clear. It's sad. It's honestly sad. And that this little tyrant continues to get away with this on the one hand, on the other hand, routine is appalling. I've been saying that they're gonna extend masks until 2022 for months. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, Fauci said until the end of this year, I was pointing out, I believe even on this show, they're not gonna say in wintertime, they're not gonna say in December of 2021, you know what, now we're actually gonna let you guys have, have some normalcy back. No, they're gonna want you to stay nice and complacent, do as you're told until at least deep into the spring or summer of 2022. And now Fauci's basically saying, yeah, you're gonna mask up for at least another year. Play: it.
1: You and the President have suggested that we'll approach normality toward the end of the year. What does normal mean? Do you think Americans will still be wearing masks, for example, in 2022?
2: You know, I think it is possible that that's the case, and again, it really depends on what you mean by normality. What does normality even mean? Normal means normal, fauci.
0: Okay, stop with the idiot routine. Normal means normal life. It means you go outside and if you're not wearing a mask, you don't have a bunch of people looking at you like you're a mass murderer because they've been brainwashed by a little bureaucrat tyrant in a lab coat. That's what normal means. It means no more of these ever-changing rules. Oh, 25%, oh no, 35%, maybe 40% indoor dining. Who knows, 42.5%, that sounds safe. 40%, ooh, that doesn't sound safe to me. This is the tyranny of bureaucratic nonsense we're being subjected to. Can't you see it? We have 500,000 people that have died of COVID in this country. We've been masking, we've been distancing, doing all these things. Compliance across the country is very high. And yet we have 500,000 people have died. And if you look across the ocean to Europe, they've had very similar per capita death rates. You look to our south in Brazil, 250,000 people dead of COVID in Brazil. But what was all the lockdown stuff about? What what exactly did we get from this other than getting constantly harassed and annoyed by people like Fauci, who do not ever forget on March 8th of last year, Dr. Fauci, head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, scoffed, scoffed at the idea of mask wearing. It was silly. It was foolish. Two weeks ago, he said, yeah, you got a double mask. That's what the science says now. And by science... They mean studies with mannequins putting masks on their faces and spraying water at them. That's the science. That is actually what they're doing, by the way, in case you're wondering. How about some real science? The Israelis are doing it. We know now that, sure enough, thankfully, the virus does have a a, close to a silver bullet, I should say here. I mean, the virus does have a major weakness. Uh, The Israeli study, this is from Bloomberg, Pfizer and the BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine stopped the vast majority of recipients in in Israel from becoming infected, providing the first real-world indication that immunization will curb transmission of the coronavirus. So yes, it prevents you from getting very sick, but it also prevents you from giving it to other people. This was always the big thing. Oh, maybe you're protected, but you can still give it to people. That's what they were saying. So even if you're vaccinated, there's no... You still have to live your life like an unvaccinated person. That's been the guidance here. Based on what? England, study from the public uh, public health in England published today. Data from a study UK healthcare workers have recently suggested protection against infection from a single dose was 72%. Corresponds with the data from Israel. 75% protection against all infection. 85% against symptomatic infection after a single dose of Pfizer vaccine. So... A highly, highly effective vaccine, but it's not perfect. So here's the question for you. Do we have to wait until we achieve perfection? Is it zero? Why can't they tell us? If they're going to continue to insist that we can't deal with this degree of risk, even after vaccination, what's the acceptable level of risk? Tell us now. Let's have this discussion in the open. Let's we, the American people, actually be involved in this and not just... Farm this out to status Democrats and bureaucrats like Fauci who get to make these decisions with no accountability whatsoever. What's acceptable? Tell us the numbers. When do the mandates go away? How many of the mandates will go away? Nope. Here's what's going on. They like the control. They like to be in charge. They don't want you to have your freedom back. This has been an incredible dry run of a government, similar to what they have in communist China, that can tell you to do anything and you have no say in anything. They can run roughshod over all your rights, even your most sacred constitutional rights. Yeah, were you able to go to church if you lived in California the last year? That First Amendment right doesn't go very far, does it? Were you able to actually speak freely about this or many other issues over this past year? I don't think so. Shutting you down. Censorship over essential public policy questions. We either take back our freedom or they continue with the tyranny. Those are our choices right now. We can say enough is enough. Fauci and the morons around him haven't actually saved us. They haven't made this all better. Or we can just continue to get dragged along here. And the Biden administration, of course, is happy to do it because they like a compliant population. They like the American people to act like sheep who don't question and don't look at reality as long as they're safe and warm and fed. It's all the same to them, right? Well, warmer weather has finally arrived in the state of Texas, but many residents still remain without water. When we come back, host of I'm Right, Jesse Kelly joins us from Houston. He's down there where all this is going on, so stay with us for that. You never thought COVID-19 could cost you your home, right? Well, it actually can. Here's how. Cybercrime is up 75%, and by far the most serious cybercrime to worry about is home title theft. That's right, cyber criminals, foreign and domestic, are now after our homes, and it's easier than you'd think. The title documents to our homes are online now. The thief finds your home's title and forges your signature on a quit-claim deed stating you sold your home to him. Then he takes out loans on your home and leaves you in debt. You won't know until late payment or eviction notices arrive. Insurance doesn't cover you, and neither do common identity theft programs. That's why I protect my home with Home Title Lock. The instant home title lock detects someone tampering with my home's title. They help shut it down. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. Then use code radio to receive 30 free days of protection. That's code radio at HomeTitleLock.com. Again, code radio at HomeTitleLock.com. The clock is ticking for New York Governor Andrew Cuomo as several legal experts are now saying that his nursing home scandal can lead to criminal charges, including a former Department of Justice official who in a recent Wall Street Journal op-ed said, quote, even if it cannot be proved that the Cuomo administration knowingly provided false information, New York's willful failure to provide information may itself constitute a criminal offense, particularly if the intent was to thwart a federal investigation, which, after all is exactly what Ms. DeRosa reportedly said the administration of Andrew Cuomo did. Here to weigh in, and tell us exactly what's going on here, New York City Council member Joe Borelli from Staten Island. Our friend Joe, good to see you. Thank you for having me, as always. So this is starting to heat up, man. Uh, you, we've been talking about this, but uh,
3: criminal, criminal charges possibly involved here? Explain to us how, how that could work. Yeah, it's it's not getting any better for Andrew Cuomo, and so you know, so we did have this incident where Melissa DeRosa basically admitted that they did not uh, and intentionally did not provide evidence and data over to the Feds who were investigating, and seemingly they they were hoping for some sort of political, uh, um, um, you know, leeway from their fellow Democrats in this closed door meeting by saying, well, we didn't want the Trump Justice Department to get the the, the goods on us. Unfortunately. Whether you like the president at the time or not, whether it's Donald Trump or Joe Biden or Barack Obama, whoever you don't get to willfully ignore a Department of Justice uh, request for information. And when when they open an investigation, that's exactly what they do. The defense that Donald Trump's a scary guy and might use it to politically, uh, you know, hassle uh, Andrew Cuomo is not a valid defense. It's not a, not a valid defense for Republicans right now under the Biden administration. Uh,
0: you had. In April 2020, here's what Joe Biden said, and then we have Jen Psaki being asked about this later. But let's let's play this and have Joe react to it.
1: And the answer is, I I, I don't fully know. We've been leaving it to the governors. Thank God the governors have been moving. Your governor of New York's done one hell of a job. He I think he's he's sort of the gold standard. The gold <laughs> standard that
0: was then. This is Jen Psaki now. When asked Joe about that, play it. Does President Biden still believe that Andrew Cuomo is the gold standard, represents the gold standard on leadership during this pandemic? Just a yes or no. Does he well, John,
1: the, 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 president, the, pre- the president, the uh, president, well, it doesn't always have to be a yes or no answer, John. I think the president.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then she goes on to speak in circles for about uh, 60 seconds. We don't want to put the audience through that, though, but wouldn't give the yes or no answer on that one. Joe,
3: what do you make of it? That sneaky sake. She doesn't want to say it again, but I mean, I don't think the president at all thinks that the governor is the gold standard anymore. Look, Andrew Cuomo went to Washington about two weeks ago, thinking he was going to get the victory lap parade around the Rose Garden, arm in arm with Joe Biden, uh, as the governor who saved, uh, you know, the COVID pandemic, and that didn't happen because I think even even the the president can see through the 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 BS as it's commonly called. To realize that there really is something to this nursing home scandal, I, I think Saki was putting in a really an unenviable situation right there. I mean, she could have just been honest uh, and said the truth that no, Governor Cuomo is probably an awful human being whose policies led to the death of nursing home uh, uh, patients, but she wouldn't be doing that.
0: And the chance of uh, chances of political account. Oh, wait! Actually, before we get to the political accountability, well, this actually ties into that. Politifact. Which is a bs organization that i have been targeted by myself and despise thoroughly because they're hacks and they're liars pretending to be pretending to be purveyors of fact and truth here's how they uh, the editor-in-chief of politifact responded to the cuomo scandal and whether it's fair to blame him for some of what happened in those nursing homes play i think the situation in new york is really complicated Mm -hmm. the heart of the matter goes back to last year when the state was asking nursing homes to take in patients, COVID patients who were ready to be discharged from the hospital. Uh, we don't see hard evidence that that made a significant difference in COVID deaths. And the issue was employees, workers in the nursing homes who didn't realize they were bringing COVID-19 into the nursing homes. Almost like she's reading from the Cuomo talking points here, Joe. C- can you react to this? This is the, the big media fact checker person they're going to on this one. Somehow sending thousands of senior citizens with COVID
3: into nursing homes wasn't, wasn't making things worse, she seems to think. Yeah, somehow she wants you to believe that the only population that could get COVID but that couldn't transmit COVID to their neighbors in nursing homes were nursing home patients who were returning from hospital stints. I mean, this defies logic and just common sense uh, uh, um, knowledge of of COVID. I mean, COVID spreads through transmission through people to people. If you put people in nursing homes with COVID, more people will have them. Plus, how did those – staff members that she's blaming for infecting people get COVID in the first place? Was it probably because they had to care for the people coming back into the nursing homes in general? Of course it is. But look, this is trying to basically make uh, some sense out of an un- otherwise senseless situation when the governor could have just addressed the problem months ago, accepted some responsibility, and you wouldn't have you know liberal hacks like her having to try to do word salads in their mouth to excuse the governor's behavior it could have all been open it could have all been transparent the governor could have admitted a mistake and and we could have had a one day story out of it and and, and moved on frankly
0: joe do you think there'll actually there'll there'll be some political accountability what is cuomo in his third term now i mean is there going to be a fourth is are there enough democrats that are turning on him on this issue that you think his political future might be in jeopardy or is he just going to skate past this one we're going to talk about a skating rink in a second so good tease there.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think there is no escape from a political consequence for Andrew Cuomo, whether it be censure, impeachment, or not running for re-election. I just got off the phone with a, with an Assembly Democrat, a former colleague of mine, and, and these are people who are not loyal friends of Andrew Cuomo. They're not friends at all. In fact, they have been on the receiving end of these type of bullying, phone calls, harassment for years. Not one legislator has ever come out in the past month and said, no, 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 this is not the type of guy Andrew is. He's not the guy that would yell at Ron Kim. At might have been a one-off. No, no, no. It is 100% who Andrew Cuomo is. He is part and parcel an arrogant, self-aggrandizing bully who, who would go at any length, including make verbal threats to people to get his way. This is not a one-off. This is not a, 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 you know some sort of outlier. This is the fundamental Andrew Cuomo. He's a bad person. And I don't say that about a lot of people, Buck. You know that we've had this conversation. No. I think some Democrats are nice people. Andrew Cuomo is a bad guy. So before I let you go, the New York City's Walman rink and
0: Lasker rink uh, were supposedly going to close. And this was meant to be some kind of a slap at Donald Trump because of the Trump organization uh, having the concession, right, to be able to run these. Um, But as of today, it seems Eric Trump has written, Mr. Mayor, thank you for keeping Walman and Lasker rinks open. You've just made countless New York City families, along with our 250 employees, incredibly happy. This is a bright moment for New York. We appreciate it. I look forward to saying thanks in person. Balls and strikes, man. Call him like we see him. Looks like uh, the mayor backed off of the vindictive shut down the rinks thing.
3: And look, it was always going to be vindictive. The the, the contracts for these two rings ended in April when the season ended anyway. So if the mayor didn't want to do business with them in the future, he could have done that. He tried to be vindictive, but unfortunately, he's just not as good at it as Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo would not let these mistakes happen. Uh, But, you know, he tried to be vindictive. The public called him out the public doesn't want people to lose their job the public doesn't want kids to not be able to go skating no matter how much they might not like donald trump and it was all a silly exercise in de blasio futility joe Borelli, everybody joe as always thanks for keeping it real man good to see you thanks buck we got quick
0: hits coming up next but before the break i want to thank you for watching the first and supporting free speech in the process I'm not sure how you're watching us right now, but if you haven't downloaded the First TV app yet, you need to do it right now. You can watch Hold the Line live or on demand anytime, anywhere on your phone, tablet, smart TV, you name it. Just go to your favorite app store and search The First TV. It's absolutely free, so you got no excuse. Plus, it's not just my show, okay? You're going to get Bill O'Reilly, Jesse Kelly, Dana Lash, and Mike Slater. So don't wait, download the first TV app right now. The often overlooked story in the middle of the COVID pandemic has been the huge impact on small businesses. Small businesses are the driving engine behind the American economy and no other sector of the economy has been hit harder than those small businesses. Many are family run enterprises and they go back generations. They give life and character to neighborhoods from small-town America to urban metropolises. The pandemic has been close to an extinction-level event for for many of these businesses due in no small part to the heavy hand of corrupt and incompetent politicians such as Andrew Cuomo and Gavin Newsom. These politicians claim to have been following the science when they issued lockdown after lockdown without any plan of relief being offered to these mom-and-pop stores that were just barely trying to survive. Let's examine the decline and damage done to the lifeblood of our economy on today's Buck Brief. First, we have to establish the arbitrariness of so many of these lockdowns. Why are big box stores, for example, uh, your Target's Kmarts, Walmarts, whatever. Does Kmart even exist? I don't know. But those things. Why, why are they still able in many states to operate, to sell? Uh, but small businesses have been shut down. Right? That's been something that's gone on here. A lot of small businesses are told you cannot operate anymore. And when they are able to operate, in particular, this is true of independently owned restaurants, there are these just rules that they come up with. And what are the rules rooted in? They say science, but here in New York, Governor Cuomo says New York City restaurants can move from 25% to 35% capacity. Oh, okay. Uh, Why not just have it, you know, 37% capacity? Why not 40? Because of course, as you understand, they're making it up as they go along. People like Governor Cuomo have taken emergency powers into their hands and they're effectively a government unto themselves. They can say you have to shut down your business. They can say your business can only open until certain hours, certain number of people. They can tell you anything they want, what you can serve, what you can do. Yeah, not a lot of rights, not a lot of actual individual freedom or autonomy in any of this, is there? But small businesses have been bearing the brunt of the lockdown insanity the whole time. Small business employment, of course, is in really rough shape. The virus is having significant impact. This is a chart from Apollo. You can sort of see it's really been hit hard. Um, the Small Business Jobs Index shows you that there's been an, a, a tremendous amount of volatility. And this is just job losses. I and mean, this is people who are losing their jobs, who work in small business. And you're not seeing a lot of them on news reports, are you? You're not, not seeing a lot of talk about this. Uh, Just like you're also not seeing that we set an all-time record for drug overdoses in this country last year. May even be up by 30% from the year before, which means we're talking about tens of thousands of people who died of drug overdoses in excess of what they did the year before in America. And these are the costs of these lockdowns that we're told by the Fauciites are going to save us all. Business longevity, another major problem that America's small businesses have to deal with here. 34% expect to last... uh, expect to last less than a month under lockdown conditions. So there is an urgency here. There is a need to get these businesses open because unlike some of their larger national chain competitors, they don't have the ability to continue on at diminished capacity or at no capacity, depending on the severity of the lockdown. And to that end, their cash reserves are also very small. We can show you here at a chart, small business cash reserves 12 months or more, 13%. One month or more, 15%. Uh, a big chunk of businesses have either one to two or three to six months. I mean, that's more than half are lasting somewhere in the one to six month range. But 15% of businesses have a month or less of cash on hand. Small businesses have a month or less of cash on hands to keep going. So does that get taken into account? We're told by Fauci and others, we need to continue with these lockdowns. We need to continue with this mitigation regime long into not just this year maybe even the next year what what small businesses are going to be left you start to see this and it feels like the lack of political clout among democrats of independently owned and operated small businesses has been a huge problem here if they had bigger checkbooks to write uh, for you know chuck schumer or nancy pelosi feels like maybe small businesses in these blue states would have been given a little bit a little bit more attention but no of course not Uh, Store visits are also way down. So, So they're running out of cash and job losses are huge. They've been shut down by the government. as you see here, foot traffic is way down. Foot traffic is the lifeblood of so many of these small businesses. People aren't going into them because not only are there lockdowns, but they're also scared. They're scared beyond what is reasonable and what is rational because the media has been running the panic porn of, oh my gosh, if you're 30 years old and you get COVID, you know, you're gonna die. As we know from the polling, The general public is convinced that COVID, if you're under the age of 65, is far more dangerous than it actually is. I mean, like orders of magnitude more dangerous than it actually is. And that means people don't go out. People don't go to stores. They don't wanna be around other people. They're terrified of the prospect of what they, uh, of of what COVID will do to them. I'm not talking about high risk and and seniors. That, That you understand the precaution. That's rooted in data. That makes sense to people. But if you're talking about everyone else, why are the numbers so down? Well, this is crushing small businesses. And with the limitations on foot traffic and the limitations on operating room and what they're, who, who they're allowed to have in, yes, of course, revenue is way down as well. There's a revenue collapse of small businesses that's going on here. Uh, there's this assumption, and you sort of see the chart, look, just going way, way down. It looks like a stock market crash, except that's just small businesses shuttering across the country. Uh, this matters to millions and millions of people who feed their families based on these small businesses, whether owning them, uh, owning a part of them, or working for them. And yet they've been left out in the cold during much of this process. This matters because what happens when the economy finally starts to reopen? You have a lot of these businesses that uh, have... Been, been unable to pay for inventory. They've got back rent that's owed. There's an enormous financial unraveling that still needs to be done here. Haven't been able to, been able to pay their landlords. Those landlords owe money to the banks. It's not like we just turn things on here and oh, okay, we can forget about all the pain these businesses had for so long. And remember, they told us that this was necessary to save lives. California lockdown, Florida lockdown. What did California get in the bargain? Destruction of more small businesses didn't save them from COVID more than Florida. Facts. They are stubborn things. With a federal investigation now underway, embattled New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is fighting for his political life. When we come back, we'll discuss the latest with New York City Council Member Joe Borelli. These days, being prepared for the unknown is more important than ever. I'm sure you've noticed the world we live in is anything but predictable, and we could all benefit from something reliable right now. Well, what can be more reliable than real gold and silver? I'm talking about real gold and silver you can actually hold right in your hands. Call the Oxford Gold Group right now and learn how easy it is to get real gold and silver sent securely directly to your home or how you can have real gold and silver in your IRA or 401k. It's very straightforward. Just call the Oxford Gold Group at 833-600-GOLD and ask for your free guide on owning gold and silver. Again, call the Oxford Gold Group right now at 833-600-GOLD. The Oxford Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Call them right now at 833-600-GOLD. That's right, 833-600-GOLD. Don't wait for inflation to kick up. Don't wait for the economy to have a massive correction. Take action today with real gold and silver. The Oxford Gold Group, 833-600-GOLD. After last week's Arctic blast, which killed at least 58 people, the great state of Texas is finally getting into recovery mode here, but as power is slowly returning, nearly 10 million people are still boiling their water for drinking, as many are now facing massive electricity bills. Here was Governor Greg Abbott just yesterday.
1: Texans who have suffered through days of freezing cold without power should not be subjected to skyrocketing energy bills due to to a spike in the energy market.
0: Here with Reaction, tell us what's really going on down in Texas right now. He's in Houston, Jesse Kelly, host of Om Right here on the 1st and also the Jesse Kelly Show on radio. Uh, Jesse, I see you, you are okay. It seems like you've been able to stay warm and, and, uh, and dry. What the heck is going on down in Texas right now?
4: Here's what happened, Buck. Just, just sorry, everybody. Give me a second to nerd out on it because it's important. It may apply to you. Texas has an energy grid where 25% of it is now, because of a Republican governor, I may point out, 25% of it is now wind turbines and this idiotic green energy stuff. It used to not be that way, that's the way it is now. Well, when this freeze hit, the freeze is unprecedented, we lost all that, all that was gone. But it's not just an anti-green energy thing, we lost most of the normal stuff too. And the reason we lost it is so many of our power stations run off of diesel fuel. Diesel fuel doesn't fall from the sky to the power stations. It's driven there by the big trucks you pass on the highway and hopefully don't crash into. The roads ice so much, the trucks couldn't resupply the power stations. The power stations then couldn't supply power to enough people. They had to ration it off. They had to cut it off. Well, something people don't think about, everyone just got an education on it here, power stations supply power to a lot of things, including water treatment plants. And if your water treatment plant starts blowing pipes starts losing power so they can't filter out the water that's coming out of your faucet, you are now in very serious trouble, or can be. On top of the people who froze to death, we just had pipes blowing up all over the place. I had one blow up in my house. It's not a big deal. It's a minor thing, but it's it's, it's such a big deal. If you walk in one of the big box hardware stores looking for certain plumbing supplies, the entire state of Texas is sold out. It is a very big deal. They neglected the power grid here for a long time, and Texans are paying for it. What are, the,
0: what are the levels, the, the layers of preparation failure here and, and who's responsible? I mean, what, what could have been done here? Because it seemed like in the early days, the, uh, the, the you know, electrical grid uh, organization there, I know you guys aren't federal, unlike other states, right? Texas has its own power grid set up that's not, that doesn't have federal oversight. They were saying essentially, hey, look, you know, freak storm, what can you do? Well, now it seems like, no, it's more than just, it got really cold, there was a freak storm this could have been and should have been a lot better. Where were the points of failure in preparation and who's responsible for it?
4: It's true and it's not true, Buck, and you're right. As as I'm sure all your viewers know, there's three grids in America. There's East, there's West, and there's Texas. They have their own. So look, as much as I love to beat up commies, everybody knows that. This really is a Texas problem. Part of it is, uh, hey, this never happens. Nobody could have seen it coming, and that's true. And part of it is, it's Texas's problem. I actually had a power grid expert on my show, this one on my radio show, and he was just laying out for me, he said, hey, look, The Texas state legislature, which by the grace of God, they only meet every two years here. That's why the state's been able to stay red. They have had this issue brought up to them several times. Hey, your power grid is ripe for failure if there's something like a big freeze or a cyber attack, and that's going to have far reaching consequences. But you can't talk a politician into taking proactive action on anything. And so Texas always just kind of blew it off. I'm sure to be fine. I'm sure to be fine. And now you have people freezing to death in their homes. and it's not fine anymore. But it, look, there's also something to that this never happens type thing. And this never happens here ever. I mean, if uh, the, the Yukon up in Canada, if the Yukon all of a sudden got to be 120 degrees tomorrow, the people living up there would be dropping dead from heat stroke. You can't criticize the government of the Yukon, whatever that is. That's just freak things happen. Freak freak things of nature happen. They do. How's it now for the recovery phase? How's, how's that
0: coming along? And, and also... I'm a little surprised the federal government doesn't, is it just because Texans don't want to look to the federal government for stuff so they don't blame the federal government? Because I can, I can assure anybody watching, if Donald Trump was president, this situation in Texas would be reported on night after night on CNN as Donald Trump's failed power grid and, oh, he doesn't care about people freezing to death in their own homes. But that's not happening right now, is Well. It? The...
4: Well, Buck, let's be honest. You know all these people who work in the national media. I know all these people. How many of them are really upset that some Texans froze to death and that Texas was miserable for a few days? The the, the national media, they're all communists like the rest of these scumbags. And they all look as t- at Texas as the one reason they don't have every single government seat of power in the country. And they're not necessarily wrong there. They ate this place. They saw Texas getting wiped out and thought to themselves, huh? Ah, Shouldn't have been Republican, I guess. That's what all of them thought. And that's part of it. And the other part is Texas isn't looking to the federal government for help. And honestly, look, there are obviously some failures to go around. This is a Texas problem and a Texas GOP problem, a big time GOP problem.
0: So this is one that actually is, is within our own within our own side, Jesse. I appreciate you being honest about it. How, how long before things... Oh, wait, well one question I didn't get to before I wanted to ask you. What's this about like $15,000 power bills that people are getting for electricity? How how does that, was that a real thing that's happened?
4: That is a very real thing that happened. Uh, Some guy got a 17,000. I personally know a guy who got a seven or 8,000. I forget what he told me on the phone the other day. That's something that's actually happening. People, it's not the same in all your states. In Texas, you shop for your own power. Different power companies, they compete for your business, which is great, but there are risks when it comes to that. When you're shopping for power, you can get get tied into the sexy rate where they'll sign you up to a contract for one or two years, buy power from us at this super low rate, uh, but you better read the fine print, it's subject to change. Or you can sign on to the fixed ones, which are always more expensive. That's the way the market works. You buy your own power, you choose your power company here. And if you made that choice, well, and a cataclysmic event happens that you're not expecting, You're in a lot of trouble, and there are a lot of people in a lot of trouble, and honestly, it sucks because a lot of these people are not able to withstand something like that. How many people in the country could take a $7,000 power bill? I I, I can't take that. How's it going and getting everybody back on their feet
0: and things up and running again now?
4: It, it's okay. The biggest problem right now is the water. Because like I said, a lot of these water treatment plants are still not back online because you have to understand this is not like the colder parts of the country where all of the pipes are buried. Like I grew up in Montana. They bury all the pipes five feet underground because it freezes all the time. Everything's above ground here. So all these treatment plants, you turn it on, I mean, picture a water treatment plant with pipes everywhere. They're all blowing. all <laughs> It's one gigantic geyser. Well, now you have to replace them. Well, everyone's trying to replace them. So now there aren't materials to replace them because they're out of materials. It's just, look, it's not a humongous humanitarian disaster. I don't want to overblow it and act like it is, but it's a big deal. And it's one some people are going to, it's going to cost some people their job. Jesse Kelly, everybody. Watch him here on the first. And
0: I'll I'll also listen to his uh, radio show, The Jesse Kelly Show. Jesse, good to see you, man. Stay safe. See you, boss. Small businesses continue to struggle under the weight of COVID-19 restrictions. We'll take a look at the overlooked victims of COVID-19, small businesses, in tonight's Buck Brief. Dr. Fauci plays defense for the teachers' unions again. And America returns to the Paris Climate Agreement. May we be a Those stories are coming up right now in Quick Hits. Let's get right to it. The Fauci.
2: Dr. Fauci. You know, I mean, obviously, if, it's a very difficult situation to get an absolute definitive answer. What the, what the CDC has tried to do is look at the risks that you have and try, if you follow the CDC guidelines, to get the children back in school, at least with hybrid and maybe even when you actually have a, an increased spacing with them, that you can get it in what's called a decreased capacity. Just
0: say open the schools, man. Just say it. Stop with the games about, well, you know, the this and the that and the capacity and the other thing and the other thing. There have been schools open all year. They are fine. They are not nodes of major transmission. There are not a lot of hospitalizations. There are certainly very, very, very few hospitalizations and deaths of children across the entire nation with millions and millions of children who are already in in in-person learning. Open the schools. But you're seeing this has been so politicized the Democrats pretend that it was all about the science, but no, it's really about the teachers' unions. That's what's happening here. It's about the teachers' unions. They don't want to go back. And if they go back, they want all kinds of goodies. They want the taxpayer to have to bust out the checkbook uh, checkbook, and write huge, huge checks for the right to have our children that we're paying taxes to pay the salaries of these people, but to have children back in schools that actually get taught, they're holding them hostage. That's what's going on here. So. We should all be very clear about this. And Fauci could be very clear on this, but he doesn't want to be, you see. He knows where his bread is buttered. He doesn't want to upset the teachers' unions. He's not going to be on the cover of magazines, and he's not going to be the you know, late-night talk show host darling if he gets the teachers' unions angry. Because you get the teachers' unions angry, you get the Democrat politicians angry. You get the Democrat politicians angry, all their buddies in the media got to back them up. That's how this goes. That's how this game is actually played, unfortunately. Um... The Paris Climate Agreement is going to save the world. That's what they tell you, right? It's going to make everything so much better. Uh, We're going to stop climate change because of this agreement that if anybody actually who's advocating for it took the time to read, they would see that it is all self-regulated. It's all self-enforced. So, you know, over the course of 10 years, how much CO2 does your country put out? Oh, sorry. More than we intended. We're really, really sorry. Nothing happens to us now. That's the situation. That's actually what's going on here. But they won't say that to you. They'll pretend that it's going to save the world. Here is uh, Biden, who knows a lot about climate, talking about it.
1: And as of today, the United States is officially once again a party to the Paris Agreement, which we helped put together. On Earth Day, I will host a leaders' summit to help drive more ambitious actions among the top emitters, including domestic climate action here in the United States. I am grateful. I'm grateful for Europe's continued leadership on climate issues over the last 4 years. Together, we need to invest in the technological innovations that are going to power our clean energy futures and enable us to build a clean energy solutions to global markets.
0: Yeah. Sure. It's all about it's all about markets and making people better off more prosperous it's not a religious belief for people who think they're too smart for religion don't ever forget that the climate change the global climate change movement spent about a year worshiping a 16 year old girl who dropped out of high school to go around giving lectures where she was reading speeches written by other people about climate change she was 16 at the time greta thunberg remember that and you weren't allowed to criticize her she was 16. now she's 18. So now she's an adult so now you can criticize her i guess but the point is they're worshiping a child a child on the climate change issue And we're supposed to take them seriously on the science. Right. That makes a lot of sense. That seems reasonable to me. Zeke Emanuel, brother of R. Emanuel, formerly of the Obama administration. He knows what the game is here. Biden is not some great COVID stopper. Turns out that's not the case. Uh, So what do you say when the Biden administration plan is just a continuation of what Trump was doing with vaccines and everything else for the most part and, and in all the meaningful ways? you got to blame Trump for everything up to this point. That's what Zeke Emanuel shows up to do.
2: Oh, absolutely not. It was not inevitable. A lot of this is a result of the way we responded uh, to it and the lack of a coordinated response during the Trump
0: administration, uh, the inability of states uh, and the government officials to understand the magnitude of the problem and in it institute the right uh, protections. Remember, the CDC delayed issuing a mask Uh, suggestion and order Uh, we had keeping restaurants and indoor dining open uh, not uh, fully
2: putting in place other uh, safety measures Um, and I I think uh, you know when you compare the United States to other countries we did much worse
0: Uh, it's not true I mean depends on the country of course but our near-peer countries Western countries like uh, in Europe Italy Spain England France, look at Brazil, look at Mexico, look at these countries, look at the COVID deaths. We're actually better than pretty much all the countries I just named on a per capita basis. I might, one or two might be a little bit better than us, but we're right in line with it. Do you believe China's numbers? Apparently the Democrats do, because that makes Trump look worse. If you believe that China had 5,000 fatalities from COVID-19 total, it's a country of a billion people. You really think they had 5,000 fatalities, whatever their number was? Nonsense, right? But get ready for a lot more Democrat nonsense because uh, Joe Biden is the president of the United States and the guy's a clown, and we all know it. Even they know it, but they're trying to hide it. It's not going to work. It's not going to last. That's it for Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is up next.
3: Shields high.